Warning, this podcast contains explicit content from the start. Amnesty's secret comedy podcast. With your host, Julian Cleary. Thank you. Mind you, don't peek too early. Um, welcome to Amnesty International's secret comedy podcast, live from the underbelly. I'm Julian Clary, your host. I'm a camp comic and renowned homosexual. <laughs> I'm thrilled to be back in Edinburgh. I started my career here uh, many decades ago. I was in the circus. I was the human cannonball. I used to shoot over the ringmaster's back. If there are any of my jokes you don't understand at any point, just stick your hand up <laughs> in the air. You know, it's that part of the festival, isn't it, where festival fatigue can set in. And I've been out watching shows, mixing and mingling with you, the general public. Uh, <laughs> I've disguised myself, obviously. Uh, I wear a fleece. <laughs> with a husky on the back. I know I'm just like one of you, I don't wash, I drink tap water, and I allow you to rub shoulders and breathe on me. I thought, I love it. Hang the risk of MRSA. <laughs> then I go back to my hotel room and give myself a home enema, which went horribly wrong this morning. Um, I, I, I attached it to the shower in the bathroom, and I knew where the nozzle went, that was quite obvious. But then there's the velocity control, one to 20. I thought, I'll go the whole hog. I turned it right up, and the next thing I knew, I was spread-eagled on the bathroom ceiling. <laughs> the Venetian blinds had gone, as had half, half the bathroom tiles, and the window cleaner has been reported missing. <laughs> I only tell you this in case at any point during our time together here, um, you spot a bit of chamois leather hanging out my ass. <laughs> All right. But enough of my filth. Um, let's crack on. We have got for you the mother of all podcasts. I mean, wait till you hear who's on. Uh, we've got sketches from the fabulous Jigsaw, music from the divine Brian Kennedy, and a chat with none other than Reginald D. Hunter and Alexis Sale. What do you say to that? <laughs> I am moist with excitement. And remember, this podcast is coming to you absolutely free, courtesy of Amnesty International. So to find out how you can do your bit, please keep listening right to the end. Let's crack on, shall we, with some sketch from not one, not two, but three fantastic comedians. It's Dan Antopolsky, Tom Crane, and Nat Lertzima, also known as Jigsaw. <laughs> Hello everybody, thank you Julian. We're Jigsaw, uh, Hello. I'm Dan, Hello. These, these are my Jiggers, that's Tom over there. Hi, uh, people call me Tigger. That's, my that's, thing. that's like his thing. I'm Dan, people call me Digger. <laughs> my name's Nat. Alright, we'll, we'll crack on. Um, first sketch, here we go. Can you come in here please? Have you made up your mind? Yeah, I have. You don't deserve this. <laughs> I want you to delete her from your phone. I want yes. you to delete all of her text messages, yes. all of her emails. I will. If we ever move on from this, I want no more lies. Okay. No more lies. No new lies. 
No more lies. No new, yeah. no new lies. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. I mean, what, what you've got to understand, babes, is that your, your security is the queen of, of, of my heart, oh, but her palace mm. is an extensive mm. infrastructure. Uh, uh, like, you know my friend Jeff from West London? Yeah, he lives in Hounslow. He's got two cats. Okay, there's no Jeff. What? That's, that's an ex- and only one cat. Who feeds it? It's feral. Jesus! That's, that, that's an example. What I'm saying is no new Jeffs. Is Mark real? <laughs> my brother Mark. Yes. No, Mark is not real. What? No, there, there is no sibling. But Mark got you your job. Well, do I have a job? Oh, Am God. I looking for a job again? <laughs> Semantics, you know. But, <laughs> but you met her at work. So you're going to have to give me a minute. I haven't had an affair. Oh, yay! yay! Hey guys, table for two. Yes, yeah, please. Yeah, thank you. Have you been to a Nando's before, guys? Uh, no, um, we haven't. No, no, we do things just a little bit differently, guys. Oh. No, it's, it, it's fine. I'll, t- I'll talk you through it, guys. No, no, we're not ready for this. No, it, it, it's all right. What you do is you, you order at the counter. Why are they queuing? It, it's really quite... Where are the menus? It's, it's really quite straightforward. You order at the counter... <laughs> Why is there no cutlery on the table? No, it's, it's Why the, are they queuing? Do you like, do you like chicken? Do you enjoy <laughs> the taste of... Where are the menus? Chi- you, you okay. take the menus to the people. No, you take the menus the... to the people. Why well, is there just some condiments over there all by themselves? Why? Yes, I... Why are they queuing? Guys, what is this place? This is not a restaurant. Freaks! Freaks! <laughs> it's just chicken. Jigsaw, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be having another sketch from Jigsaw later in the show. Now, a man who is never afraid to speak his mind, a giant of comedy, would you please welcome Reginald D. Hunter. Oh, that's your applause there, Reginald. That's yours to take home with you. I sure appreciate that. That's all right there. How are you? Um, uh, Pretty good, considering my value system. Considering what? My value system. I mean, just the, the things that sort of govern my way of seeing the world. Yes. They, they, yeah, okay, uh, very well, thank you. I'm doing very well. <laughs> uh, well, I saw your show last night, and um, I mean, I don't want to gush too much, but um, when you walk on stage, you, you always look very serene. How, what's your little preparation before you go on? Do you do anything in particular? I don't know if there's any ritual. Uh, there may be. Uh, I try to uh, shut my phone off about maybe two hours before gig time. I still have uh, friendships with ex-girlfriends, and sometimes they can randomly call up and go, I know exactly why you're an ass. And you're like, hey, I need all of my self-esteem for the next three, four hours. (laughs) Can we do this later, like in September? (laughs) You talk about your ex-girlfriends a bit in the show, don't you? Yeah, I do. Is it like kind of therapy, like getting it out of your system? No, no. No. No, usually by the time I'm on stage with it, I've done that, you know, because you're talking about events that didn't just affect you, and you need to have some certainty when you're dancing through sort of contentious stuff. So I wouldn't, I don't have the nerve to deal with contentious stuff while simultaneously finding out about myself. (laughs) I did come away from your show feeling I'd gained some wisdom about life. You know, we'd had a good laugh, but also there's some very... um, um, thoughtful things going on and a lot of it comes from your things that your father's told you yeah i appreciate what you're saying about the show being very thoughtful and feeling very wise but you know how sensitive we are what i hear is not funny enough and so (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, believe me, it is funny. <laughs> I, I, know, I know, man, I'm just revealing to you the level of my insecurity. Yes. Your father helped you out, didn't he, at a certain age when you needed to know about the birds and the bees? Oh, in, yes. In a quite uh, a graphic kind of way. You know what? Um, I've heard several white people describe that bit as graphic. And, uh, <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I have to put it that way because, I mean, uh, I haven't heard any other group of people that have stood out in my mind. I'm sure there's divisions within the white world, so it's not like all white people, but it is all white people who come up to me and go, that bit is really graphic. And it's, I suppose it's graphic if you're not accustomed to hearing people speak that way. Mm, Certainly well, a father. Father to son seemed unusual from, from my point of view. It, it's about how to, I don't want to give the, your I don't actor, mind. but it's, it's, uh, it's about how to actually, um, how should we put this? How to, how to pleasure a woman successfully. Oh, how marvelous. Not a world I'm very familiar with, although... <laughs> no, I did Yeah, have... but I know you're, you're familiar with the concept, though. You're a hell of a dude, man. You're a hell of a dude. But it... it... <laughs> no, I did have my experimental youth. You yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. Yeah. And what I remember from this, and I'll share this with you, <laughs> it's about pleasuring a woman and the kind of... You don't just shove it in and get on with it. And right, right. It's, well, uh, I don't know if someone told me to do this or I invented it myself, but I used to... Imagine the penis is a pen and I used to write my name. <laughs> but not just Julian, not just Julian Clary. My full name is Julian Peter MacDonald Simon Clary. <laughs> and round Most about... Most of the alphabet. <laughs> round about the Simon point, um, it goes on to a whole different level. Yes, well, the person's probably orgasmed by that. Yes, that's, well, that's, that must be what it was, a female orgasm. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> Disgusting, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clearing that up for me. That's what I'm here for, Julian. If you'll pardon me. But the point of the whole bit... Um, <laughs> the point of the whole bit... Um, I could, I'm stunned at the things that fathers don't tell sons in this country, the things that mothers don't tell daughters. And if you are interested in, you know, your child being as skilled and as qualified as, it should be just as important to you that your child is good at sex as it is that they can balance a checkbook. Mm. You know, good sexual skill could get them a job or save their lives. So, <laughs> why wouldn't you want them to know how to do that, you know? I, when you bring the lights up and you ask the audience a question, as you did last night, and that uh, that's, makes us feel un... Well, it's slightly uncomfortable, but are you, you enjoy that, don't you? You look as if you enjoy our discomfort. Well, I mean, I mean, it's not that I do it to enjoy that, but it is the reality of the moment, so I might as well get as much pleasure as possible out of it. Um, but I don't do it to make people uncomfortable. Um, oh, I do, you see. If I think of demystifying some sort of thing about gay sex, well, I used to back, back in the 80s, and I thought this was important for people to understand. Uh, because the best way to, for them to understand is extreme discomfort. Yes. Yeah, okay. I used to do a line um, saying, I, I only found out I was gay last Thursday. I was just getting out the bath, and I thought, I know what I feel like, a great big cock up my ass. And it, would, <laughs> it, it would cause an intake of breath, and I, I remember that was, that was, I would sort the men from the boys, you know. <laughs> a bit difficult when your parents are in the audience. But... Um, Steve Hughes, uh, one of my esteemed colleagues, one of my favorite jokes of his is like, he says, I'm in this uh, bar in Manchester, and it turns out to be a gay bar. And a uh, buddy of mine says, oh man, you, you got an earring in your right ear. And I said, so? He says, well, in this country, having an earring in your right ear means you're gay. And Steve says, well, it's different in Australia, where I'm from, having another mate's cock up your ass means you're gay. <laughs> 
but God bless Australia. And God bless <laughs> Reginald D. Hunter. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Please stay with us, Reg. So it's best I stay, huh? Apparently, yes. Yeah, yeah. That made the show better. Right. Oh, yes, yeah, so you, you can chip into the next bit. Yeah, Reg cares. We've still got a chat with the godfather of modern comedy, Alexi Sale, coming up, and music from Brian Kennedy. And remember, if you keep listening right to the end, you can find out how you can help Amnesty International. And now another sketch from the wonderful Jigsaw. <laughs> Day. Oh, I'm having the best day. It's so, so comfortable here. Thanks. Yeah, a lot of our guests are actually recent retirees. Yes, I was chatting to a few of them in the, in the reading room yesterday. Really nice people. I myself retired almost a year ago, and you know it's, been the, it's just been the best oh, chapter of life. what did you do before? Well, it, it's of no consequence. Oh, God, I'm nosy. What did you do before? Well, for the last three months of my professional career, I was Director General of the BBC until there was some, uh, some business at the end there. But uh, since then, you know, I've, I've just been gliding along. I'm a, I'm a happy man. Okay, happy man. well, I hope the cottage is to your liking. It's, it's charming. There's, well, I hesitate even to call it an annoyance, but the, the tap in the ensuite closes but imperfectly, and there's a small but audible drip. And I That's was, fine. I was it's hoping... not a problem. We've got an on-site handyman. Okay. Don't even worry about it. Okay. Jim will fix it. Ah, no, God! <laughs> Oh, God. Jim, Jim, yeah. Jim, 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 James, yes. James, yeah. James will okay. facilitate the mechanical change. Yes. Oh, the better oh. for you. Okay, thank you. Okay. Thanks so Ooh. much. Thanks. Huh. Okay, <sighs> you can do it now or after dinner. Whenever's convenient. Well, he needs Thanks. a time, so it's now or after dinner. Whenever. Please, whenever. now or then. It's now fine. then, now then, now then, now then, now then, now then. Jigsaw, ladies and gentlemen. Next, it's the man who made it all possible, one of the godfathers of comedy, and back with a solo fringe show after a mere 17-year hiatus, the great Alexi Sale. <laughs> now, I hesitated to use the godfather of comedy line because um, I don't know how you feel about that, but there, there were several people are referred to as godfathers of comedy, aren't they? Like Tony Allen and Malcolm Hardy and you. They are all imposters, <laughs> uh, apart from me. This feels a bit like a kind of war crimes tribunal. This is just, <laughs> it's just a kind of amnesty thing. It feels like this Slobodan Milosevic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm more like uh, Mugabe or something oh, yeah, like that. Oh, yeah, true, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh. Somebody from Rwanda, yeah, the yeah. resistance army kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, just, you know, keep sending your money. <laughs> Um, we will get rid of the rebels. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I in this scenario, then? What? Who am I in this scenario? You're the judge from The Hague. You're like Hugen van den Hampenstraat. No, 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 no. You're, you're the ineffectual dude from the UN. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Taking notes. Yeah. In response to your question, I invented everything. And, yeah. Uh, Nobody else is. Yeah, those are the. Mal I don't think Malcolm was around then. Tony Allen, yeah, I, I think he could. Malcolm Hardy, no, I, I may be confused. Um... Well, no, he would. I always think why. I mean, I suppose I don't know how many people know Malcolm's history. I always think why. Why do so many alcoholics choose to live on houseboats? Mm. This is <laughs> for those who don't know. Malcolm Hardy um, was a very kind of anarchic comedian, and uh, he lived on a houseboat and. Uh, and he drank a lot, and uh, he was going back to his houseboat from the bank, and he fell off. He fell in the river and drowned, didn't he? Yes, he did. It's what he would have wanted. Somebody told me as well that he just, uh, the reason he drowned is because he'd won big on the one-armed bandit that night, and his pockets were full of, like, change. <laughs> 
that he would have survived if he hadn't been full of champion peas. I was, I was very young in the game when, uh, when he died, maybe two or three years performing, but he was legendary for uh, during his performances or his comparing moments to, to pull his penis out. Yeah. And just... And his testicles, which were legendary. They were supposed to be, like, massive and just... And he wouldn't, like... It wouldn't be, like, part of a joke and then the punchline would be, let me get my cock out. He would just be talking and somebody would be like, Malcolm, get it out! And he'd be like, yep, yep, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, at first people are like... <gasps> But you know, after the 10th time you do it, people are like, well, he gonna do it. And actually it's kind of funny. <laughs> I've seen a lot of testicles in my time and his were particularly large, but we'll leave that there. Is this an allusion to your gayness? To my? Gayness. Yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, okay, yes, all right, man. Yeah. Basically every other sentence is okay. an allusion. You to... know what, man, I swear to God, man, you don't, you're not obviously gay to me, like. <laughs> How rude. <laughs> Just ignore them, there's a coach party in. Now see, that makes you seem gay. <laughs> when you say stuff like that, I don't know if you know it. <laughs> no, it's a living, isn't it? <laughs> I don't want people to get the wrong impression about you. Lexi. Uh -huh. Hello. Hello. Um, I saw your wonderful show last night and, you know, there were these, these kind of hysteria um, erupts, doesn't it? Uh, are you aware on stage of wave and wave of laughter? And indeed, in yours, Reginald, which I also saw last night, I don't want you thinking too much about what I'm saying. Both equally wonderfully funny shows. <laughs> you didn't think there was this, enough jokes no, in mine. Yeah. There is this... <laughs> There is this affection for you. We love it when you swear. You swear yeah. a lot, don't you? Yeah, well, it's part of the kind of uh, punctuation of, uh, you know, the, uh, yeah, I may be just seeing an old bloke swearing, maybe that's, you know, <laughs> but in a controlled environment. Uh, it's not on the bus, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, it's charming when it's done on stage. But I think you also have to, you know, that that's only the, the start of it, really, that, that affection will only see you through for a few minutes. You have to then be funny, and I think, hopefully, I'm funny in a, mm. in a new and different way, you know. How much of your comedy comes from being Liverpudlian, do you think? Um, well, in a sense... Because uh, there's a, such a funny place, isn't it? Yeah. I, I was there on tour recently, and it, everyone... It's, it's just unusual for a whole city to be funny. Everyone is um, hilarious. People in Liverpool have, have just come in a collective decision to be funny and you know a ch i would say like a child in liverpool knows it's his way around a joke like a kind of a mongolian would know yeah. their way around a horse a, a friend know. of mine um, in liverpool um is telling me a story this morning um it's blues about when when people go and park their cars um near the football ground in anfield they pay local kids to keep an eye on them so that no one steals the tires and things and this man arrived in a great big land rover with a rottweiler in the back seat and the kids came and said, should we look after your car? And he said, no, don't worry. Um, I've got a huge Rottweiler. No one's going to touch this car. And this boy said to him, does your dog put out fires? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. How was my Liverpool accent? Terrible. Terrible. <laughs> can't do it. I liked it. Did you? Yeah, but I'm American. I can't really yeah, you tell. Yeah, <laughs> Remember I met you in Regent's Park about seven years ago? Yeah. You were wandering around muttering to yourself, writing a book in your head, I think. Yeah. And yeah. I was walking Valerie. Yes. My dog. And we said hello. We did a terrible film together as well, didn't we? Yes. yes. Did anyone seen Carry On Columbus? <laughs> it's one of the highlights of my career. <laughs> 
I played Juan, and I had a line which was, hello, I'm Juan, are you Juan too? <laughs> and you thought it was going to be a success, didn't you? I, I, I enjoyed making it. Oh, yeah, well, that's the thing. I was saying, what I was saying before we started that, I think it's always a barometer. If you're working on a movie, if you're having a great time working on the movie, then it's going to be a catastrophe. Because we were often, I was often like the drunk or stoned on that. For, it was not, for the best. We, mildly. Now I spent a long time talking to Bernard Cribbins about firearms. <laughs> and uh, like none of the energy was going into the film, really. And, which was so unsound. So it was your fault. Well, I didn't help. Yeah, I mean, I certainly didn't. It was, ne it was unsalvageable. It was never going to be. No Keith, matter what Keith I Allen did. was in it as well, wasn't he? he was Keith fine. Allen, yeah. Several people were soiling their reputations on that film. Well, um, I'm very glad that you um, are back here in Edinburgh. And the highlight of my stay has been seeing both of your shows. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Alexi Sale. Let's end on a song, shall we? From Broadway to Eurovision, and now here at the Fringe, it's Brian Kennedy. Listen, it's always an honor to come sing for anything to do with Amnesty. Very, very happy to be here. So this is a short version of this song called Christopher Street. Thanks. Ah, <laughs> oh, Christopher Street. Was busy tonight as I made my way back home. One of these nights, I'll turn on the light like that taxi by the payphone. Now, most of my friends. Busy tonight, just getting their kids upstairs now. How did our lives change so fast? You just never know what's on the road ahead, do you? Christopher Street has quietened down. Seems even New York needs to sleep sometimes. But one of these nights, when I turn out the lights, well, I'll thank the stars up above me. On Christopher Street. That's the short version, just for you. Thank you so much. Brian Kennedy, ladies and gentlemen. God bless you. All that remains now is for you to thank on my behalf our guests Jigsaw, Reginald D. Hunter, Alexi Sale, and Brian Kennedy. Thank you. Um, it's been my great pleasure. I am Julian Clary, so thank you for coming and keep supporting Amnesty International. Goodbye.
You've been listening to Free Comedy, courtesy of Amnesty International. My name is Hannah Shaw, and I'm the student manager for Amnesty International UK. I first got involved with Amnesty when my friends set up an Amnesty group at our school. Back then, I was really struck by the idea that ordinary people could make a difference by taking simple actions, like writing an appeal letter on behalf of someone facing injustice. This concept still inspires me now. These days, I support a really vibrant network of over 100 Amnesty student groups at universities and colleges throughout the UK. My job is to enable students to play a central role in Amnesty's campaigning and to help them make the biggest possible difference to human rights. A great example of the power of student activism is the recent campaign for the world's first arms trade treaty. Students met with MPs, organised photo stunts and flash mobs, gathered petition signatures, made films, and in the final days and hours of negotiations at the UN, they sent thousands of emails and tweets. Their passion and determination helped achieve a historic agreement which will stop atrocities and save lives for generations. To find out more about my work and Amnesty, just go to amnesty.org.uk and please donate £5 by texting HUMANITY and your full name to 70505. Thank you. Your text will cost £5 plus one standard message costing up to 10p. Amnesty UK receives at least £4.75. Please ask the bill payer's permission. To unsubscribe from contact, text STOP to 70505 at any time. Full terms and conditions at amnesty.org.uk slash SMS terms.